1: When you win a child, they win their family to Christ. And their families start to begin to change their tent settlement. And we've seen this happening now in the last 13 years that we've been working uh, with children in the country of Lebanon that are refugees.
0: Our guest is the co founder of Heart for Lebanon. You'll meet Tom Adama on this edition of First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. The country of Lebanon is inundated with refugees, but Tom and others are helping with this crisis in many ways, and you'll hear how in a moment. With the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company, these conversations are meant to encourage you in your daily faith as they tell the stories of people who are giving their lives to the Lord and learning to follow Him with their calling. Please take a few moments to acquaint yourself with the ministry of FEBC, of taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. When you go to febc.org, you'll be able to watch video stories of God at work. You'll also see how you can pray for this gospel ministry. It all starts at febc.org. As co-founder of Heart for Lebanon, along with Camille Melki Tom Adama is doing everything he can to help with the refugee crisis in the name of Christ. In the past, Tom has worked with some high-profile ministries, but when I began talking to him, I asked him why his heart and soul were drawn to Lebanon.
1: Well, Wayne, I started going to Lebanon in 2001, teaching biblical servant leadership to pastors who were pastoring in Lebanon as well as those who were pastoring in Syria, Jordan, and Iraq. And I don't know, God just drew me into what, the, what, what was going on in their world and the, the possibilities there was and the hunger for the Word of God. And through that leadership training, I built good friendships with a lot of different people. Um, Camille Melke was be, has become my best friend. Hmm. And then in 2006, when the conflict broke out between Hezbollah and Israel, Camille was with me. And I said, Camille, what are we going to do? You're running a great Bible college, and I'm teaching leadership twice a year over in Lebanon and um What are we going to do to help your people find Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? And he said, well, let's start Heart for Lebanon. And uh, we started as a natural response to that crisis. And it seems like we've been working in one crisis ever since. And so that's what has drawn me into that part of the world. It wasn't in my game plan. Um, but it wasn't God's, and I'm very thankful that it was.
0: Indeed. Uh, Camille has been with us on this program some years ago now, and I'll put a link, though, to that program in our program notes so people can hear Camille's own testimony of his work there and his ministry in Lebanon. Let's talk about Lebanon and the, really the crisis. This country is being flooded with refugees. What's going on?
1: Well, it's flooded with refugees for a long time. You have Palestinian, you have Iraqi. Depending on your political view, Bedouins and Gypsies, you have Kurdish, Sunni, Shiite, obviously, from Syria, uh, all coming in. And over the last, uh, believe it or not, it's 11 years, this coming March, that the Syrian crisis has taken place, and that's about 2 million refugees just from Syria alone in a country of 4 million residents. Even in the past, when President Trump announced the new peace plan for the Middle East, uh, the Palestinians in Lebanon went into a tailspin over this whole thing. Um, On top of the economic crisis, which makes Lebanon the third most indebted country in the world, and that's why you still have protests going on, even though there's a prime minister now and there's a cabinet, it hasn't all taken place yet because there has to be votes of, uh, of of policy. There has to be votes of accountability. None of those votes have taken place yet. And if they take place, and hey, let's be honest, they haven't taken place in the last 12 years, so it probably is not going to happen anytime soon. There just becomes more and more of an unrest in the younger generation. Hmm. Basically, Wayne, what's happening in Lebanon today is that the true Lebanese young person under the age of 40, this is their Arab spring. They missed the Arab spring way back when it hit North Africa and Egypt and even Syria. Um, So they're going through this protest now uh, because they want new governments. They want the greed to stop. They just want everything, what they call, back to a good ethical honest, transparent government. So that, from a government standpoint, it's a mess. Yeah, um, Not too much different, maybe, than our country, but it, it is, is an absolute mess, and there's a lot going on.
0: Well, when you've got the humanitarian crisis on top of that, it, it's really sad. That, that's the big picture. Personalize this for us, though. Help us see this in terms of people and souls.
1: Let me tell you a story that I heard this morning uh, when I was talking to our office in, in Lebanon. Uh, there's a Kurdish couple that lived within a mile of the Turkish border. They were coming down M5, and more bombs had gone off. You've been hearing about the town of just north of Damascus that, that started this whole mess in, in Syria. And um, they made it out. The two siblings were killed in that town. They made it into Lebanon uh, with absolutely nothing. Uh, when I mean nothing, it was really nothing. They got a pair of torn jeans and a shirt, no socks, no shoes, no jackets, and it's cold. There's snow on the ground in um, the Bekaa Valley where they landed. Through a series of events in God's providence, Heart for Lebanon found them, um, did our assessment of them, brought them into our program, and we're providing with them the physical supplies they need to, to sustain life, such as some food, some hygiene items, a couple pots and pans, some blankets, rugs, um, a tarp for a tent so they can live in it some a mattress or in t- and, and some pillows and so um, we're helping them sustain life but probably just as important if not more important than that in our whole process which is highly relational and totally unconditional um we want to talk to them and we want to understand their background their hurts their dreams their shattered dreams um and let them draw us into a conversation about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And eventually, because of the Muslim culture, they will ask us, so why are you doing this? Why would our people cause this mess? And nobody's helping me, my people aren't helping me. They don't even care. So why are you helping us? And you know, (laughs) when we say, So glad you asked, because it's our personal relationship with Jesus Christ that compels me to care for you.
0: Hmm. That's such a great story. But at the same time, I'm thinking about the overwhelming need. I mean, you're helping this family and you're helping lots of other families, but there's so much need.
1: There is. But remember that the ultimate need is not physical. The ultimate need is spiritual. And you can do a lot of physical um, repairing if I can word it that way, you can back up a truck and feed a whole lot of people. But my basic philosophy when I left the business world and really wanted to make a difference in the Christian world uh, full time is that I have no desire to work with organizations to feed people and let them go to hell. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, that doesn't wind my clock at all. However, I want to do it unconditionally. I want to be able to, to show them the love of Christ before I ever tell them about the love of Christ. I want to be able to, in our staff of 57, to share with them what God means to them personally before they ever open up the Bible. I want them to see Jesus. And then when we have the opportunity to share with them in the first person, who Jesus Christ really is and what they've done in their life. If we can do that, then we take care of their ultimate needs. So we're not going to—we're ma- probably not, um, unless God gives us a whole lot of resources really quick, we're not going to reach millions of people with the gospel. But we are going to reach two to 4,000 families every month hmm. and go deep with them. Uh, with their physical needs, with their emotional needs, with their spiritual needs, taking care of their social needs. And out of that group, we can train a group of new people to go back into Syria or wherever they go around the world to help rebuild their communities with the church as the center.
0: Well, Tom, who's actually on the ground? Who's doing this work?
1: Well, there's 57 indigenous people on the ground, all born-again believers in Jesus Christ. They come from Lebanon, is the majority of them. There's some Syrians who we can't pay, but they work for us, uh, some Iraqis, a Palestinian, and I will mention we have five Kurdish people on the ground working with us as well. I'm the only American. We do have Americans going over from churches that support us, uh, and they work and serve in the area to which they are praying and are investing in. So the majority of the work is all indigenous, born-again followers of Jesus Christ that are growing in their faith.
0: And tell me about the educational needs and what you're doing to meet that need, as, again, as a, a way of sharing Christ with people.
1: Absolutely, Wayne. Um, children are, are the best people, maybe I can word it that way, in them, in Lebanon that are Syrian refugees to, to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. They get it early. They, they're hungry. And so we have a non-formal education program for 325 Syrian uh, Muslim children, uh, between two schools, one in the Baka and one in the South. Um, these children get a full academic course load of math, English, Arabic, science, art, music, um, all the ba- science, all your basic subjects, plus we have developed our own curriculum Uh, called character traits, where we take one character trait every month, and in every environment, that's hope on wheels, that goes from camp to camp, whether it's food distribution or whatever, this character trait, whether it be honesty, trustworthiness, faithfulness, or whatever, is promoted through different Bible verses each week and taught through many different examples in every setting that we do and in every class. Whether it be math, it's about honesty. We teach honesty in a math class, Arabic class, English class, whatever. And so by the end of the month, they, the children have a good, good not only a, a head knowledge of these character traits, but a heart ability to really serve this character trait out as well. Hmm. Then on top of that, we have chapel uh, twice a week. And we open up, of course, every morning with prayer and in um, a Bible reading uh, with the kids as well. Um, so that's our formal non-formal education to compare that to the us it falls under lebanese um, homeschooling laws mm-hmm. now we also have another education program that's with our hope on wheels that goes from camp to camp it's not a formal it's not math it's not any of your academic subjects it's more health awareness character traits but we're really trying to reach kids and here's here's what why that's so important when you change a child's mind you change their behavior and when you change the behavior you change their outcome i'll never forget about four or five years ago i was in a classroom and our director of our hope educational program back then um, said to i said boy that's great we're winning these kids to jesus christ this is awesome and she goes oh tom it's much bigger than that it's much, much bigger than that. When you win a child and they get excited about Jesus Christ, they win their family to Christ, mm. which I've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. And their families start to begin to change their tent settlement. And the tent settlement changes their community. And the community start changes in their, their region. And the region will eventually change the country. And the country will eventually affect the rest of the world.
0: And we'll continue talking with Tom Adama about sharing the gospel of Christ in Lebanon. Coming up on First Person. One year ago, I heard that one of FEBC's radio stations aired in our province, so I started to listen. Just one of millions of grateful people who listens to the Far East Broadcasting Company in her own language. So many Kazakh people here like listening to your radio broadcast, and we feel like a family because of it. Thank you so much for broadcasting to our nation. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Tom Adama. Tom is, I think I'm calling you correctly, the co-founder of Heart for Lebanon, Tom? That's correct. All yes. right. And uh, you uh, have been a businessman. You've been a ministry executive with some large ministries. Everybody wouldn't know the names if I uttered them. But I just want to thank you for what you're doing. But I want to ask you, Personally, Tom, what has this brought to your life, personally, that that you didn't see coming, maybe?
1: Wayne, I mean, to be honest with you, what I didn't see coming was the enormous, and I say this with all humility, the difference one person who's a farm boy can make in the world. Uh, I grew up. In the dairy business, um, I left the family business because I wanted to make a difference. I enjoyed it; I was having fun. I did all the; it was it was great. I, nothing wrong with what I was doing, but I can remember sitting there in the milk plant, in the trucks, and whatever, saying, "I'm really not making a difference, I really want to make a difference." And as that burned within me, I had opportunities to join other ministries. And with Heart for Lebanon, this ministry, because lives are being changed, because communities are being transformed, every day I, I, I lean back and I go, wow, wow, what a difference we're making in the world. Mm, and, mm. and so I'm just proud uh, in the right way, I believe, and excited about what God is doing and the um, ripple effect this will have around the world. Because I think right now, the Kurdish have the best chance when they come to find Christ as their personal Lord and Savior to change the Near East with the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Hmm. And what you've learned and and how your life has been uh, used of God, I mean, that can happen for anybody who's listening right now. They don't have to go to Lebanon for that to happen.
1: No, just find something that God gives you to do and do it with 100% of what you have with what you know, what God's gifted you with. And eventually, over time, you'll look back and say, Wow, I had no idea this was God's plan for me, and this is awesome. <laughs> um, because, hey, listen, 13 years ago when we started Heart for Lebanon, I had no idea. In fact, the truth is, Wayne, when we started, Chris Camille and I started Heart for Lebanon, we thought when we, once we helped some people in southern Lebanon get back on their feet and we shared the love of Christ and the crisis, quote-unquote, was over, we'd shut Heart for Lebanon down. <laughs> uh, there's no need for the world to have another 501 c 3 but we didn't have any idea that the Iraqi war would break out. We ministered to Iraqi refugees and the Syrian crisis, and it just keeps going. And we're just so thankful God has given us much favor, um, and we're able to do what we do. But it was not in—we had no idea what God had in mind.
0: I understand that uh, it's also branched out into starting some churches.
1: yes. Uh, Uh, So I was in Lebanon in 2017, and Camille and I met with a group of Muslims. We have 1,500 adults in Bible studies every week, but Muslim-born background believers in Jesus Christ, studying the Word of God together. And a group of them got together, and they said to Camille and myself, they said, so what's after a Bible study? And i got to be honest with you, I was stunned. (laughs) I said, I've never heard that in America. Uh, what do you mean? What's after a Bible study? And I got to be honest with you, they they got frustrated with me because I, I could not get a handle what they were talking about. Huh. And finally, this one lady pounded her fist on the table. I'll never forget it. And she said, I want a place where I can share with other believers what Jesus has done for me <laughs> and encourage one another. And a light bulb went on. And I said, that's church. <laughs> and so we started two churches, Hope Evangelical Church, Zachley, and Hope Evangelical Church, Sidon. Uh, both of them have Arabic-speaking services. Each one of the Arabic-speaking services services is over 225 people, and the one in the Baqa, Hope Evangelical Church, Zakli, also has a Kurdish-speaking church that we just started in 2020, and that right now, last Sunday, had 222 Kurdish-speaking born-again Christians in it, all brand new in their faith within the last six months. Hmm. And it's been awesome, plus Sunday school and all the stuff that goes along with church. So, And to get that legal coverage in Lebanon for these churches when, all these, when the country's in crisis was only God. Hmm. Only God could do that.
0: Tom, what have you learned from these new believers?
1: I've learned that my passion uh, needs to go up about four notches. <laughs> I've learned that we've overcomplicated our faith in the United States and you can just live it out. If you look at your daily life through the lens of your faith and not through the lens of your politics, you can make a huge difference in the world.
0: Hmm. That's excellent. All right, let's talk about some of the needs that Heart for Lebanon has. How can people get involved?
1: Well, the biggest need we have, and I don't say this because we're a faith-based organization and raise that flag high and bright, but the biggest honest need we have is prayer partners. Uh, We need people to pray for wisdom, that our team will continue to have wisdom. We're working in the Near East. We're working with Muslims, both Sunni and Shiite. We're working with Kurdish. We're working with poorer Lebanese, Bedouins and Gypsies. We need a heavy dose of wisdom as we talk individually to these people every month.
0: And how can we educate ourselves about, you know, the situation there and and what's really going on and, and how to pray for it?
1: probably one of the best ways is sign up for our emails and uh, we only get give you two a month and we give those out uh, as well as our prayer partner list. If you can sign up for our prayer partner and become a prayer partner we'll send you a list every month of our prayer needs as well as blessings and a, and a short video that backs up those prayer needs for the month it's called prayer points and we'd love to send that to everybody who requests one uh, who will pray for us as God brings it to mind so pray for wisdom Hmm. Second thing we ask for is pray for unity. Not that our team is disunified, we are unified. But as Jesus said when you because when, he prayed this, may they become one, stay one so they can reach many. And that's our why we ask for prayer for unity, that we might stay as one group, one focus headed in one direction so that we can reach many with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. That's the first and the biggest thing people can do is pray for wisdom and unity. Hmm. And obviously, we're a 501c3, and like every other 501c3, (laughs) resources are important, Yep. but we'll leave it there.
0: Yep, I understand, and we will have more information in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. Tom, how often do you go to Lebanon yourself?
1: I go to Lebanon four or five times every year. Uh, I spend probably 12 to 15 weeks a year in Lebanon. Um, Kiddingly, I say when I go through passport control, they say, welcome home,
0: Uncle Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just seems to me that you you love the people, and you've developed a love for these these folks.
1: I have. I really do. I think um, they're God's chosen people. They're probably one of the most— Misunderstood people, Muslim people, Muslim that part of the world. Um, I get a little frustrated in my home country of the USA where people say, I don't want to deal with Muslims. I don't like them. I understand probably where they're coming from, but that should be a point where we start educating ourselves. God died for them just as much as he died for you and me. And they just happen to be born in that part of the world. And so we need to reach out for them and, and love them. They are wonderful, hospitable, loving, caring people.
0: Take some of the lessons you've learned there in Lebanon and help us reach our neighbors here where we live. What What's one thing
1: that we can do? hospitality be number one. Just open your front door and have people in for a cup of tea. You don't need to, if you're not a baker or a cook or anything like that, or a cup of coffee, just sit there and have a cup of coffee and talk to somebody. You're out mowing the lawn or taking the dog for a walk. Don't walk on the other side of the street when you see a Muslim come. Walk up to them and just say, hi, how are you today? Beautiful day, isn't it? And um, just start a conversation. Uh, And eventually, over time, as God lays it on their heart, They will draw you into a conversation. And as that conversation progresses, eventually, um, you'll be able to share your faith. But don't be in a big hurry to say, well, I need to learn this, or I need to open the Bible and share with them some Bible verse. No, just talk to them like you would one of your family members.
0: Good and practical advice from Tom Adama based on his experience sharing the gospel with refugees crowding into Lebanon. For more about Heart for Lebanon, please follow the link provided at firstpersoninterview.com. A couple of years ago, we also talked with Tom's ministry partner, Camille Melki, and we'll put a link to that interview in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. I'd like to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for their support of First Person, allowing us to find and bring you these guests each week. FEBC's extensive broadcast ministry has seen remarkable results in terms of people of many cultures turning to Christ and learning his word. Your support of FEBC is vital to those who may otherwise be unreached. To learn more and what you can do to help, please go to febc.org. Click on the prayer button to begin praying for FEBC. FEBC FEBC.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person.